0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Black and Red Book Review Podcast. For those of you joining me for the very first time, I don't understand why you're joining so late in Season 4. Uh, we are two episodes away, including this one from the finale. The final season of the episode will be dropping sometime around Beltane, which is at the end of April. Uh, but for the second to last uh, episode of the season, we've decided to go back and further explore the overarching theme of season four, which has been exploring the boundary between what normie conservative types happen to think and say and who they listen to, and white nationalists, neo-Nazis, and fascists overall, what they think and who they listen to, and where the boundary between center-right or even far-ish-right politics and far-far-right politics Uh, happens to straddle so uh, for today's episode in particular we're going to be concentrating on a figure who has been made his way back into the political mainstream in a very very successful way Uh, it's all it's almost admirable what a bullshit artist this man in particular is he's been on fox news he's been on ein americana news one america news Uh, he's been on newsmax He was connected to the White House as a strategy advisor, uh, which is weird because historically fascists are very bad at strategy as they are at tactics. Um, But he made his way right into the conservative American mainstream, despite being neither conservative nor American. But we will get into that. I I mean, to be fair, he was naturalized as an American citizen. So he is American now. He's not American by birth, but by naturalization. Um, So the figure we'll be discussing today is a little-known ghoul by the name of Sebastian Gorka. Uh, You may have seen his handsome, bearded, bulky, suited face on Fox News from time to time. Uh, We're going to go over his biographical background very briefly before getting into the core of the text here. Uh, So, in brief, Sebastian Gorka was a former Trump White House advisor. He's made his way through the talking head circuit since then. He's been a featured speaker at CPAC, that's the Conservative Political Action Conference, which is home to many people who are to the right of conservatism. Um, Nick Fuentes, for example, has made it a habit year after year after year of trying to join CPAC and getting his ass handed to the curve, because even your conservative uncle is not going to put up with too much open Hitler worship, which there are still some rules after all. So... Uh, He is a member of the Hungarian Guard, which is the post-Cold War successor to the original Arrow Cross movement, who were the puppet fascists in Hungary who fully cooperated with Nazi programs, the war on the Eastern Front, the genocide of Jews, etc., and the Romani as well, etc., etc. He is linked tightly, very tightly to Hungarian dictator Viktor Orban, whom he has also served as a strategy advisor. Uh, He rejects the term alt-right for himself, but he does not reject their funding trail and political connections. I would go so far as to say that Sebastian Gorka is the most successful member of the former alt-right scene, who has managed to survive post-Charlottesville, post-Matt Heimbach, etc., etc. He is the former dean... Of the National Defense University in Washington D.C., he's been a TV expert back back in Hungary on counterterrorism. He worked for Breitbart News from 2014 to 2016. He was, as I've said, a strategist under Trump. He's the host of America First podcast, or he was from 2019 to 2021. And he is currently making his way through life, as, in addition to all of the above, as a fish oil supplement spokesman. Because if you go, enough, if you go deep enough into far-right white nationalist politics, conspiracy theory shit, etc., you will eventually find a grift. It, it may take a while, but you will find it. You don't need to be a class struggle anarchist to understand this, that these people are all grifting. And if you're on the far right, you will be giving these people your hard-earned money so that they can bathe in it, so that they can play with it and laugh at you all the way to the bank. Now, <clears throat> he, uh, real quick, a real brief detour here. Uh, the term America first sounds very good, of course. You know, of course you should put America first. Nations pursue their own national self-interest. That's a thing that nations do. Blah, 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 blah. No. Now, let me explain why. America first as a term originated just about 100 years ago now, during the interwar period briefly prior to World War II and prior to America's entry into World War II. And the reason that started was because Nazi Germany was a going concern at the time, and there were plenty of people in America who, who didn't think World War I was a good idea, which was true, and therefore concluded that going to war with Hitler, a man who was openly determined to take over the world, was also a bad idea— And conveniently, many of these people were also anti-Semites, white supremacists, etc. And many of them were also taking money from Third Reich intelligence services. Uh, Not to mention the fact that the Hitler-Ribbentrop pact, or the Stalin-Ribbentrop pact, was still in force. So the Communist Party and state socialists in America were also uh, giving cover for Nazis at the time. So that's where the term America first comes from. There's a line from Woody Guthrie from an old song of his where he says, they say America first, but they mean America next. That's exactly what America first in 2023 is. They say America first, but they mean America next. Um, and Gork has no exception to this. He's deeply connected via his father to an organization called the Historic Order of Vites which is the successor to the Order of Vitaes established while Hungary was fighting alongside the Reich. It's basically like an order of the British Empire, but more fascist. Um, and it's only open to members and their male descendants. So he's basically a, ne- a case of fascist nepotism, which is just delightful. Uh, but with that brief biography out of the way, we will get into the actual text itself in front of us here. So we'll start with the foreword. Foreword? forward. Foreword? The preface to the book, which is started by Den- which is uh, written rather by none other than non-fascist. Can't emphasize this enough. Not a fascist. Dennis Prager. Uh, Dennis Prager, famously of Prager University, claims to have worked in the past for the Israeli government. Uh, he reads Marxist newspapers and has done so ever since college, so he can understand quote the left. Now, obviously, Marxists are not all of the left. Certainly not. This is a non-Marxist class struggle anarchist podcast, for example. Um, But Dennis Prager has this neat rhetorical trick conservatives like to do where they insist that Marxists are liberals, liberals are communists, and the national socialists were not – were socialists because it's in the name, and that's – Always, essentially, their only objection to Nazism, as they are fully in favor of the hierarchy and the white supremacy and the expansionist foreign policy and so on associated with National Socialism. Dennis Prager is no exception to this either, of course. Uh, He does have this great line in the preface where he states that, quote, Truth is not a left-wing value. It is a liberal value and a conservative value. Now, obviously, conservatives are liberals. They believe in liberalism, constitutional law, the founding fathers, the Enlightenment, blah, 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 blah. Um, Prager's no exception to that. He's basically just a useful idiot for Sebastian Gorka by writing the preface for this book. Uh, Prager states that he read a single Jerusalem Post article about Sebastian Gorka. And then he went, according to to, uh, Prager... Uh, he had read a single Jerusalem Post article and publicly cited this article as his only source while he was going on his show to defend Gorka publicly from accusations of anti-Semitism and being connected to Nazi movements in Europe, which Gorka absolutely fucking is. Uh, Prager uses this opportunity to bash the left, quote unquote, as is wont to do. He says that, quote, another reason the left is so destructive is that it promotes ingratitude. Indeed, it could not exist without ingratitude. I'm not sure ingratitude for what. Um, It ultimately ultimately boils down to I made it. I got mine. Fuck you. Know your place. Shut the fuck up. The system is great. This is what conservatives and fascists have in common. The fascists are just more honest about it. They don't, they thought shit through, they don't care about facts, they don't care about logic, you're not going to own them with irony or with sarcasm or any of that, and that's not the purpose of this podcast. I don't truly believe I'm going to reach any fascists who do listen to this podcast, but I will reach Normies, I will reach. I might even reach a few conservatives. Certainly uh our sister podcast Autonomia is more dedicated to this proposition than Black and Red Book Review. But if there's any crossover in our listenership whatsoever, please do not go down this path. You will end up either a broken human being, broke, Dying miserably and alone of cancer in a shitty, moldy apartment in fucking Nowhereville, Washington State, like fucking Harold Covington did. Or you'll be a laughingstock like Oswald Mosley. Or you'll end up a pathetic fish oil salesman like Sebastian Gorka. Do not go down this path. So, uh, we open up with a prologue, which is different from a preface for some reason. Uh, he sets the scene in Connecticut, which is interesting. Uh... Gorka's uh, proud of his daughter. The scene is taking place at his daughter's Trinity College graduation. No objection there. A man can be proud of his daughter if he wants. Personally, we're in favor of uh, family values like, you know, free and healthy relationships between consenting adults and healthy relationships with your children and not throwing them under the bus for Nazi shit like uh, Bird Kaluchi did to his kids. Um, we're in favor of healthy family dynamics on this podcast. So no notes for that part. Uh, according to uh, Gorka, moving forward here, Trinity has gone woke. That's the that's the problem with Trinity College in, in Hartford, Connecticut. It's too woke. Quote, instead of focusing on the values, traditions, and history of our great Western civilization, uh, they choose to focus on, quote, gender studies and sustainability mafia. His daughter is involved in the creation of the Churchill Institute, which – Let me tell you, as an Irish-American, no fan of fucking Winston Churchill. He created the Black and Tans. He was responsible for the Bengal famine that killed millions of people and directly led to the final acceleration of the Indian independence movement and its success. He was also responsible partly for the migrations between India and the newly created Pakistan that murdered millions of people, and so on and so on and so on. Churchill was a drunken monster, and you will find no support for him here on this podcast. Uh, But, of course, Sebastian Gorka, paves over all of that. Uh, He doesn't even bring it up. Uh, Instead, he insists that the Churchill Institute at Trinity College is essential to the, quote, defense of our national and civilizational heritage. Now, pro tip. When you hear a man talking about Western civilization— what he actually means is white people, and the concept of whiteness, and the concept of white identity, white supremacy, and ultimately white nationalism. This is called a dog whistle. This is why proud boys pile around with neo-Nazis, but insist they're only Western chauvinists defending Western civilization. Uh, Gork has no exception. As I said, he is unequivocally a fascist and a sympathizer of white nationalism. He's certainly connected to all of them. He is a a floating piece of detritus that has drifted away from the sunken ship that is the now former alt-right. And all the rats who floated off that sinking ship right along with him are still trying to reorganize themselves. Make no mistake about it. So, uh, moving here, there's a bunch of uh, depictions of clumsy, like, rad-lib posturing around marginalized identities from your typical immature shit from college kids, and this is equated to anti-white racism. This is why the right is bad at threat modeling, because every performative empty gesture by a rad-lib or just a plain liberal, it's the same as, as, a, as a class revolution, uh, which is incredible. Every time a college kid whines slightly, they hear the sound of katyushas. It really must be traumatizing. I can't relate to that myself. Um, but <laughs> but he he complains about the police, not in a good way, but in a dumb way, of course. He insists that campus police allowed harassment of his daughter to go on because she's on the political right. He blames of course the liberal deans at Trinity College and wokeness, whatever that's supposed to mean. Now you may be noticing a theme here of wokeness is destroying America. And that's part of the theme, and that will certainly continue to be part of the theme moving forward into this text here. Uh, So he describes a student giving a speech as a mini AOC, that's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and he says that, quote, "This this coming from a wealthy white girl of a prestigious school full of the progeny of wealthy upper and middle class families. Now, I thought being the progeny of a wealthy and upper-class white family was a good thing. I thought you wanted your whole political ideology to be defense of Western civilization and the conveniently wealthy upper-middle-class people that it produces. But apparently, when they go against that, it's a bad thing. Um, The racism is coming from outside the house and inside the house, in his case. (laughs) He has the audacity to cite The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, He basically says that The Handmaid's Tale is what he thinks the speech-giving girl thinks America is. Um, And he gets bored with this. He's tired of dealing with people giving him pushback for being in the Trump White House. This is before COVID, by the way. Uh, He's tired of their empty pushback. So he decides to step outside of the tree he's sitting under, lest he be too close to people. So he pals around with Connecticut State Police and Hartford PD pigs. Now, that's not me saying that. He says that he palled around with Connecticut State Police and Hartford Police Department pigs. Um, he also complains, and this is hilarious, that Trinity College is not Christian enough. It's named Trinity College. Are you, like, non-Trinitarian? What, what are you going for here, dude? You know, I'm not as familiar with Christian theology as I used to be um, because I have not been a Christian in a very long time. Uh, I've been a uh, pagan-ish since I was 20 or so, 21, something like that, and uh, I still am. So I'm not as familiar with that as I used to be. I'm fairly certain Trinity College is a Roman Catholic institution, but don't quote me on that. So, moving further into the book, he wraps up the, the uh, prologue by saying that this book will serve as a guide... As to how the left has fatally poisoned young people against sacred America, a country I would point out that Gorka barely knows, as he's only been a civil, uh, not civilized, a uh, naturalized citizen since about 2008 or so. So he's only been here like 15 years. He barely knows this country. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's just a thought, you know. No, no disrespected naturalized citizens. Of course, I have a friend of mine that just got his green card recently. Um, and congratulations to him. Uh, frankly, if I could keep him and get rid of Sebastian Gorka, I would, in a heartbeat. Um, and then that friend of mine is also, uh, it, never mind. Anyway, uh, moving forward here, we bring us to chapter one, which is, of course, Obamagate. Uh, now, what the fuck is Obamagate? There's been a lot of gates since Watergate. Every political scandal has to have the word gate at the end of it, if you're an American. Um, Which sort of cheapens the, the sheer hilarity and fuckery that was Watergate as far as I'm concerned. Like, maybe you don't need to refer to every political scandal as a gate. Maybe you could be original and be creative. Oh, and while you're at it, maybe you could understand that, like, some things are not, like, there's no such thing as the deep state. There's just the state doing what the state does. There's no, there's really no elite conspiracy at the top. That's just more of a model for how it actually works, and it's frankly not a very good one, uh, not necessarily useful all the time. But uh, you know, Sebastian Gorka, he was connected to the very top, as he will continue to lay out in this text here. Uh, he says that Trump was not a part of the political class, which is hilarious. Uh, (laughs) But that Trump not being part of the political class Is what led him to become President of the United States And have control of the Senate and so on and so on Uh, He insists that William Barr Former Attorney General under Trump Has made it his mission to root out corruption Except for Sheldon Adelson and all the billionaires The Koch brothers and so on that funded the GOP No corruption there, nothing to see there, move along Uh, He plugs his own radio show in Chapter 1 of course Gorka does Obviously, even if Obama did half the shit that Gorka rattles off, then the position of the Black and Red Book Review podcast is obviously fuck Obama, right? I mean, this is a class struggle anarchist podcast hosted by an anarchist who's friends with other anarchists who believe in anarchism. So as an anarchist, fuck Obama, obviously. Moving on here. um, The usual about how the NSA is both bad and good, depending on what it's doing and who it's doing it to... Uh, he, pr- he pretends that liberal reform equals Marxism, as we've already laid out. And moving on here. Uh- <laughs> so uh, we wrap up that chapter. I'm sorry I lost my place in my notes here. Ah, where the fuck am I? Okay, here we are. So uh, he he moves on by... By stating, quote, let's get back to the original conspiracy of Obamagate. Now, when I read that sentence, I thought he was going to, you know, as the alt-right used to say, name the Jew, right? Um, but he didn't do that, of course. This, this is a book for normie conservatives for him to dog whistle to. So he did not do go full white nationalist, which is good. Um, GCHQ, which is basically the British version of the NSA, allegedly spied on Trump at Obama's behest. In, quote, flagrant disregard for the rule of law, remember, conservatives support liberalism and are liberals. Barack Obama is a hardened ideologue, according to Gorka, which is hilarious. Uh, Rod Rosenstein, which I put uh, echoes around because the echoes are certainly implied in the text, helped uh, Robert Mueller set up the investigation into Trump, allegedly, according to Gorka. And he and Gorka goes on to describe a swamp-dwelling acting attorney general versus the real attorney general, Jeff Sessions, who had taken a break from selling Keebler cookies while living in a tree long enough to briefly be attorney general. Uh, There's a bunch of slovenly Trump uh, cultishness here. Which is just a disgusting cult of personality about how this Wall Street billionaire is also secretly an anti-establishment outsider who's going to save the common working man or some shit like that. Now, according to Gorka, the elite, quote-unquote, betrayed working-class America, and now the billionaire from Queens realized that. That's Gorka's entire position all through his text, is that... Trump is a political messiah who has come to save the working man as a billionaire from Queens, New York. Now, Gorka moves on here, and he has this one good line where he says that, quote, If you write, you should write about the truth. Which, yeah, obviously if you're writing a nonfiction book, you should be writing about facts and not fiction. But you can write a nonfiction book and be lying your ass off. Gorka certainly is all through this text. Um, But like broken clocks, he is right occasionally, roughly about twice a day. Um, He insists that there is a cultural civil war gripping America, which I'm not sure I would go that far. It's more of a class conflict with various marginalized communities organizing and asserting their rights for equality and liberty, which is a position that this podcast fully supports, of course uh gorka gives a little bit of autobiography at this point uh says he grew up in the uk under the glorious years under margaret thatcher which (laughs) that tells you all you need to know right there uh he goes on after this to muse about the preternatural way that trump connects with people of all backgrounds messianic trump for the rest of this chapter of course um, Trump stood up as the dear leader sent to save America via national rebirth. Now, pale in Genesis, which is national rebirth, and struggle against internal enemies who are simultaneously weak and strong are two of the core tenets that Umberto, Umberto Eco laid out in his essay Ur-Fascism er about what fascism is. As we've established, Sebastian Gorka, deeply connected to fascism in Hungary, going back through his father to the 1950s and 60s, because none of those, none of the uh, Soviet liberation, quote unquote, actually cracked down on fascism all that effectively. You will never have a top-down bureaucratic anti-fascism that is more effective than community self-defense, period. It never worked in history, and it didn't work in Hungary in the 50s, and that's why we have Sebastian Gorkin now. <sighs> God help us all. So, brings us to chapter 4 here. Uh, where Gorka states that the fight for Trump is a daily one executed at bayonet distance in the trenches of the mainstream press the German word he's looking for is Lügenpresse and social media he cites two examples of people who are fighting the good fight as he sees it a Hoover Institute professor and a guy named Lord Conrad Black who is a British right-wing scumbag kind of like Sir Oswald Mosley was Um, Chapter 5, Hillary was to the right of that commie Bernie, but also she's a communist, of course. Uh, And he goes on to shit on Alexandria Cortez again. Quote, AOC and her subservient colleagues brazenly promote communism under the cover of environmentalism. Okay, first of all, um, AOC is not a communist. It would be incredibly cool if she were a communist. She'd be someone I'd be willing to hear out and work with. She's at best a milk toast FDR-style social democrat. We are well past the days of the of the New Deal, which is why her environmental measures she keeps ha- she keeps hawking rather called the Green New Deal, is nowhere near enough, it will not go through, and it will require a greater degree of social mobilization and economic force from self-organized, class-conscious, working-class people than the Green New Deal is capable of producing. So it is better than nothing, but it will never be proposed, so it might as well not exist. Uh, Reagan, according to uh, Gorka, was great though Because he spent years before becoming California governor Lecturing workers and managers in general electric factories in California Again, we've covered the class dynamics of fascist regimes before in this podcast But they're always an attempt to suppress class distinctions through brutal state violence And forming what are called corporations in Mussolini's text um, But they're not quite the corporations we know now. They're just sort of an entity that smushes management and employers and workers all in the same organization and makes them shut the fuck up and play play nice together. Um, He goes on to redefine metapolitics. And he, (laughs) a hilarious statement that wraps up the book, Trump proves the existence of God. When Gorka looks at Trump, He sees the divine light of the Almighty shining out of Trump's ass, which is truly incredible. If a person tells you that any human being, doesn't matter who it is, could be the Pope, could be a king, could be Donald Trump, could be the king of fucking Belgium. If anyone ever tells you that a human being is a reflection of the glory of God and that this human being is speaking on behalf of God, it doesn't really matter what spiritual tradition you're part of. That person is blaspheming and assuming powers that they do not have. Human beings do not speak for God. God or the gods speak on their own behalf. And anyone who tells you otherwise is trying to sell you something. In Gorka's case, it's roughly fish oil supplements. (laughs) So this has been a brief overview of Sebastian Gorka a noted British-born Hungarian fascist scumbag who made his way into Trump's White House and has now become the darling of conservative America. The line between normie conservative and white nationalist is getting awful fucking thin, as we will establish moving forward for our season finale, which will be coming out around Beltane. Until then, I am your host, Doc. This has been the Black and Red Book Review Podcast, and I will see you in the streets.